Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. On today's episode, I am speaking to my friend, Robert Barber. He believes that we are all the CEOs of our own life. And he has a book out, as a matter of fact, called You Are the CEO of Your Life for Life. Please enjoy this conversation. I love him. He's got such a good spirit. Thank you again for your time. Thank you for tuning in. And I'll talk to you next time. Hey, Robert, it is so, so good to see you. It's been way too long, my friend. How are you? Doing great, Claude. Yeah, it's, uh, I guess it's probably been about a year and a half since we, uh, since you were gracious enough to spend some time with me and, and uh, mentor me a little bit, as you always do with everybody. So thanks. Well, was, I can I can remember that meeting in uh, in our office in Hudson Yards so well. So it's it's great to see you again. And yeah. I just want to dig in. There's so many things to talk about with you. I, I obviously want to talk about Return on You Investment Academy. I want to talk about your new book. I want to talk about where you get your optimism from and your uh, your fuel. So and and probably a thousand other things. Let's just see how it goes. But. <laughs> You know, let's, yes, let's, let's start with this incredible company that you are a part of, that you embody, Return on You Investment Academy. Can you talk about that? What What is that? Sure. So um, this play on the ROI came to me when I was exiting my real estate company. And so, you know, being in real estate and commercial real estate, everything is about the investment, right? What are your, what is your return? What is your return? What is your return? And, um, you know, I love people just like you do, Claude. And so, you know, I'm always a learner. I love investing in people. I love being a servant for other people and through their success, finding my joy. And so I decided to start a coaching or, you know, a learning academy around that concept of what are you doing to have a return on you? How are you investing in you? What is your cap rate? What is your return, right? You know, and and so that is that was the genesis of uh, jumping into creating a culture, a, a culture, but also having a company around that culture, and then um, and then leading into learning objectives. Yeah, that's amazing. So that's it. I love it, and I, of course, I love the play on ROI. Yeah, there's not a day that goes by that I'm not speaking to someone outside of the walls of Vayner that asks me, you know, well, what is the ROI of heart? What is the ROI of putting people first? And, you know, the answer is so clearly like, well, what isn't the ROI? Like, right. everything yeah. is the ROI. But I know in this day and age, you know, people want data to back, you know, to back theory in many ways or to back broad strokes. But, you know, there... Uh, Everything is an ROI when you put people first, when you lean in and make someone feel something, you know, yeah. for sure. You know, it's, I have this conversation all the time. And I have this conversation with some of my executives and I'm like, yes, there's a lot of line items between the top and the bottom line, but show me on everything that's line item there that is not impacted by your people. Show me. Show me one thing on that line, in those line items that is not going to be impacted by treating somebody well, having some, you know, saying no to someone, maybe they're not a right fit for the company or the culture or those kind of things. But also, you know, who are you leading? Who are you growing? You know, all of those, who are you investing in? Because the, cause that middle part is what's going to bring you your net at the bottom. So you better know what's going on with your people, right? That's exactly right. You got to know the people, the bench, who's coming in, yep. you know, let's talk about leadership. I'd love to hear yeah. some of your leadership principles. And, and I think this is going to lead in really well to us talking about your new book. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so leadership, obviously it's a, it's a big, broad term. It's a huge brush, right? Um, but it, it can, you can boil it down. And this is what I, this is what led me for CEO for life is um, in my past in human resources, when I was working with executives and then being an entrepreneur, having my own business was that I began to see that people were acting one way in their life and then one way in their work. And I started to say, well, why is that? And then I started seeing people that were tremendously successful, but those people were acting the same in their life as it was in their work. And so I started to bring the CEO concept together and I started thinking about my life in that way. And, you know, okay, so I may not have a huge company of a thousand people in all these locations or an international organization, but I sure as heck impact a lot of people. I impact my family. I impact, you know, the independent contractors that worked for us in our real estate brokerage. I impacted my clients. And so I said, well, you know what? I really ought to start acting like a CEO and be that for my life. And, and if you take the CEO's job description and actually break it down, it's all the same things that we should be doing anyway. Do you have a vision? What's your mission? What are your values? What are you saying no to? Who are your shareholders? Who are you pouring into and who's pouring into you, right? How do you handle the, the stress and the firefights? You know, what are you spending? You know, what is, you know, what are the 99% of things that you should be cutting out doing that you should focus on the 1%? All of those concepts that fall into leadership of a CEO, um, that's really my, that's my thesis, I guess I say, Claude. Yeah, I love it. I love it. You know, I'd love to hear a little bit about your upbringing and how you, how you came to be, you know, how you came to be such an empathetic Oh, you're going to make me cry. Oh boy. Oh, really? Claude? Okay. <laughs> um, and so the reason I say that is, um, so um, my mom was 17 when she had me. So um was raised in South Jersey, well, was born in South Jersey and, um, you know, very humble, humble beginnings. Actually, my mom wanted to be a fashion designer, but she had to give up that dream to be a nurse um, because she had me and uh, my parents stayed together for about a year. And then um, I was raised by a single mom. And so she was the most powerful influence in my entire life. And so she was an incredibly and this is probably where I get it from is she was an incredibly giving person, but she was a damn good businesswoman. Mm. And she made no apologies about either. I mean, you know, if she wanted to stop on the side of the road and give somebody a hundred dollars, you know, and someone in the car would say, why are you giving that person a hundred? You know what? She didn't give a damn. She, she was going to do what she did in order to care for people. Um, and then also at the same time, she was unapologetic about the decisions that she made that were tough. So I get a lot of, I get a lot of her, but, um, yeah, I lost her, uh, two years ago unexpectedly. So, um, that's a, that's a lot of my fuel, Claude. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I'm sorry for your loss, first and foremost. No, I appreciate that. It's, it's good. Yeah, sounds like a giant of a woman, but it also sounds like she was the CEO of her life. You damn well was. You know? Yeah. It really sounds like you were raised by just a badass CEO, mom, woman. Yeah. Leader. Yeah. And, you know, and, it, and again, that's, you know, part, part of what pours into me is that is, you know, I happen to have a wonderful wife of 25 years and she is a badass as well. And, you know, and so, and I, and I even tell my girls now, the best relationship you could have is somebody who doesn't need you, but needs you. Hmm. Explain, you know? explain. So, so being independent on your own in knowing your own, so it goes back to self-awareness, right? Being an independent person, knowing, you know, like my wife, speech pathologist, super successful, great, you know, great mom. She, she doesn't need me, but she needs me to be her partner, right? Got it. And so that, that equal footing 
is is super super great. Yeah. I love that. I really for any that. partnership that you have as a relationship. I don't care what you describe your partnership as. It should be equally footed as independent, but still together, right? Yeah, and I really I appreciate that because I I feel like you know. And let's get back to the workplace for a second. I feel like you know titles really create such a fictitious hierarchy where there is authority, there are subordinates. These words that just for me are really uh, archaic, but they're very inhumane. I don't, I don't believe in them at all. I actually wish we didn't have to have titles of junior and senior and all this stuff. And, and so, you know, in my utopic universe, we are all equal. There is no difference between me and you and me and that person over there or that person over there. Yes. We don't know the, the, what they go through every single day. We have no idea how they start their day, what, you know, what their emotional makeup is. But at the end of the day, for me to see each other as equal, it creates so much more empathy. Oh, yeah. You know, absolutely. You know, the foundation in that, especially from the workplace. And I'd love to get your thoughts on this, Claude. So I'm going to turn this a little bit on you, even though it's your podcast. Um, So you know, you got me thinking about this now. So, you know, we're now in this remote environment. I've been kind of thinking about this a lot. How do you create a culture of trust when people are on screens? Yeah. You know, can you be empathetic in that way? I want to get your thoughts on that. I love that question. And I actually, I get that question. Uh, I've gotten that question in many different ways, I would say. Mm -hmm. So the answer is yes. The answer is there's no difference of like, who I am here as who and in in right. and then who I am in person, as you know, I think you have to lean in that much more on the screen mm. because mm-hmm. we're only seeing each other's shoulder up, right? I have no idea if I'm making you nervous or you have no idea if I'm bouncing my foot up and down or doing something uh, with my yeah. hands. You know, we we just don't have that type of physical proximity or, or energy anymore. But I do think you can still hold space for someone on screen. You can still show up. You can still create safety together. Mm-hmm. And, and look, what is that? It's eye contact. It's validating someone. It's listening. Mm-hmm. You know, these are skills that you would do uh, in person or not, not in person. But I, I do think that we need people to show up with that much more emotional courage, if you will, in order to reach across a screen and, and, and hopefully make you feel seen and safe. And like, I got your back. Yeah. You know, what do you think? That's a, yeah, no. So I've been, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, you know, having some conversations with clients and those kind of things and, and doing a bit more remote with clients and having to transition between in-person coaching. Right. And, and then, you know, now doing it screen wise. And I think you're right. I think the intentionality is there. But what I've been really focusing on is making sure that I'm using the word trust a lot more. Do you, do you trust what we're talking about? Do you trust the process we're working on? Because I think trust is probably a, a key thing that we need to, to like you said, to have. it's just another word for having your back. And so yeah. I think that's super important that we make each other feel safe, that, you know, that we're communicating the fact that I have you, you have me, and we're in this together. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally. And I, I want to really go to I want to I want to get a little more personal if you wouldn't mind like I'd love to talk about or hear about some of your spirituality or your 
religious beliefs, if you wouldn't mind sharing, because I have a feeling that they're tied into this idea of um, compassion, being a CEO for your life, you know, leading with heart. If you wouldn't mind sharing just some of your your beliefs or where they come from. Sure. You need some. I guess, I guess where, where I start with, with my spiritual belief is that I can love you, but I don't have to like your behavior. Mm-hmm. And I think it talks about both things. Right. And what I mean by that is that where I come from and everything that I do with everybody that I meet is I come from a place of love. Mm-hmm. And so if I start there as a person, then the rest of it's going to work itself out. Right. I mean, and in this world of, you know, where, you know, I hate the cancel culture and all this other stuff is if you lead with love and we may have an interest agreement, then love is still going to win. Love is still going to win. Even though we disagree, even though we may not like what each other are doing or those kind of things, love will always win. So my spiritual path um, is really defined in that. I happen to be a Christian. I, you know, I follow the teachings of Jesus Christ. Um, that is, that is who teaches me, you know, I think it's super important. I spend time with my clients is that I just want them to find something to believe in something that was told to me early on is the most intellectual thing a person can do for themselves is figure out their spiritual foundation. Hmm. What do you believe in? Even if you believe in nothing, at least you went through the intellectual process of discovery and trying to figure out what you do believe. Mm-hmm. And as long as you've done that, then good for you. Mm-hmm. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I think that's great advice. It really is great advice. And I think there some people would look at you right now and be like, what are you talking about? You know? Uh, <laughs> and that's okay. And that's okay too, because everyone is on their own path and everyone is on their own timeline on that right. path. But I agree with you. I think for me, having a spiritual foundation is something that it's just, it is just that it is my foundation. It is, it it keeps me, um, I have to say it actually keeps me in love and it keeps me in, in joy and optimism. And it also allows me to see that there is pain in the world. There is suffering in the world. I don't deny that at all. And I think via love as, as your vehicle, I do think anything's possible. It is such an enormous, it is the force, right? It is the force. It is. I agree. I totally agree. There's this great website that I found through TikTok, of course. <laughs> um, and it uh, it's this website where it starts out as an individual person and you actually scale back from that individual person and it spreads out to the known universe and you get to see your place in the universe and how big it is. So actually it scales you against, you know, it starts as like bacteria, then a person, then a dinosaur, and then it goes back then the planets and sun and Milky Way and and it goes all the way back and you get to see the scale of everything. And when you begin to think about the enormity of that, it puts in perspective, at least for me, that boy, I can still love someone and have a tremendous impact in this big universe, right? The individual has such an ability to have an impact that will ripple forever if we just care for each other, like you said, Claude. I just, you know, it's so good. Yeah, I love that. And and I, I often say, you know, we as individuals have so much influence over one another. So mm-hmm. why not see one another in like the most magnificent light as someone trying 
then waste our time seeing them in anything other than that. Now, that's not to negate people that do evil and do harm at all. Like, I don't think there's anything right. magnificent about that at all. So I want to be super clear. There's, yeah, That is not what I'm talking about. But what I'm talking about are the people in the workplace, you know, the little engine that could. Like, I do believe, at least in today's day and age, that we want to give people a benefit of the doubt, especially during COVID, that things are not easy. There is a enormous rise in emotional health issues and, and loneliness. And just like WTF are we doing here? And I also think that we do need to give some grace as we are, you know, in the workplace going as fast as we ever have, if not faster, right? Right. Yeah. No, I, that's, it's an, inter, it is an interesting time because we've all been forced into this, right? People that have never wanted to work from home or never had these remote experiences or maybe take a different job, this has all been forced upon everyone, right? And so once we get past that, we then do need to recognize that as a common thing for all of us. We've all been forced into a situation that we didn't plan for, we didn't understand, um, but we still can be the CEO for our life. Yeah. We still can be accountable. We can still make the decisions that we need to. We can um, take care of the people that are around us. We can level up. We can, you know, fight the fires together, um, you know, and we can have a plan. So I, I agree totally with that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I have a question for you. What um, what do you think of when I say the, the, the term emotional optimism? What comes up for you? So for me, so... I've dealt with anxiety clinically three times in my life. So when I think about emotional optimism, um, I think about this, um, I think about this concept of the mountaintop and the valley. Okay. And, and, and so I had a good friend of mine, Michael. So if you listen to this, um, he taught me this, we were having breakfast one day and he's like, He's like, Rob, so have you ever climbed to the top of a mountain? I said, oh, yeah, absolutely, I have. He's like, so it's beautiful, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. Beautiful, beautiful. He's like, but what grows on the mountaintop? And I was like, I don't know. He's like, not much grows on the mountaintop, but it's awful pretty. Everything that grows is in the valley. And so in the valley is where our growth happens. And so when I think about emotional optimism, I think about that we are going to have valleys and mountaintops. And it's going to have an emotional impact on us. But no, there's going to be mountains and there's going to be valleys. And um, and knowing that life is going to go through that, I think it's a pretty optimistic way to look at life. Is that it may suck right now, but there's growth happening. And at some point, I'm going to be on the mountaintop and I'm going to be able to sit and look at the pretty, you know, the pretty view. But I'm probably going to go back in the valley at some point. So I think, I don't know. That's just it. what I think about Claude. I love it. I wrote it down. <laughs> in the valley is where our growth happens. I think that's fantastic. I really do. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah. I um where so where can people find you? And obviously we'll put a link to the book. Uh, you know, where what like we want to want to make sure I'm, that I'm forever on LinkedIn right now. LinkedIn is just it. The ability, and so here's what I love about LinkedIn is I'm connecting with so many great people on a deep emotional level right now through LinkedIn. It is not just a resume anymore. 
it is a real place where you can connect with people, learn from people and, uh, and grow. People are, people are dying to connect. <laughs> it's like, you know, and, and learn things and encourage people. And, um, you know, it's just, you know, I got a recommendation from someone the other day and it made my friggin' day. Right. And it's, you know, it's just, so I'm on LinkedIn a lot. So that's probably the easiest way to connect with me and find me on LinkedIn. I answer everybody. I get back to everybody, but LinkedIn is it for me. You're such a beautiful human. Like I have no idea how we cross paths, but you really are. I, I just, I love your energy. I love oh, your soul. No, it's true. It is. It's <laughs> just, uh, you're just true blue. You know what I mean? True blue. Uh, I appreciate that, Claude. From yeah. you, that means a heck of a lot. I'm just like you. I'm just, we're, uh, we're, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. Okay. We are reflections. Okay. We are okay. reflections. <laughs> All right, my friend. It's great to see you. And uh, I, yeah, I can't wait until you. we jam again. Thank you. 